Mike, does this mean that we're defendants? Are we defendants because we're part of the human race? Short answer, no. <laughs> no. But it's a surprising turn of events. In, is it though? Uh, in is, our... is it surprising? Is it actually surprising? I guess we should we should never use the word surprising when it comes to superheroes <laughs> in New York City. But the, the recent news are not surprising, but unfortunate from a lawyer's perspective about the abuse of the legal system and the justice system, I would say. Mike, you can handle it when they tear apart our cities, but when they tear apart our legal system, that's when you get upset. That's a long too far, Ed. That's just, a, it's just it's too much. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. I'll say that. So, hey, what I'm talking about here is that Namor, the Submariner, the Prince of Atlantis, was charged with what? With vandalism? Yeah. Going to jail for vandalism? <laughs> pretty penny ante stuff, like causing a ruckus in the city and causing damage. And then he hires a pretty well-known lawyer, a lawyer we've talked about before, Matt Murdock. Yeah, Matt Murdock. So he represents the Fantastic Four. He also yeah. had some notoriety in the past. He came forward and said that, made this big claim that he could prove that Daredevil and the Matador were the same person. And it turned out that uh, that was not true. <laughs> Daredevil is not the Matador. And uh, he got a little bit of egg on his face for that one. But now he's back. He's back in the public eye. Probably the most famous lawyer in the world right now. Yeah. So I've always found it confusing when I read about Matt Murdock because I thought he was mainly a criminal lawyer. So it's odd that he would uh, be on retainer or have anything to do with the Fantastic Four. But here at least, he, it started out as being criminal matter. Like, Namor was charged with an offense and had to appear in criminal court. But what was confusing, which causes me to question Matt Murdock as a lawyer, is that he filed a counter charge against the entire human race. Now, now, like, what's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Like, like, so, so Mike, like, as, as, in your legal opinion, he can't do that? Yes. Yes. That's my legal opinion. Like, there's, there's just no way to describe it other than the criminal court involves there's prosecutions in the simplest way. The state lays a charge against a person for an offense. And that's what happens. Like the person who's been charged with the offense doesn't get to claim against this, the state. If you <laughs> like, we have a whole system. We have civil litigation for that purpose. If you want to say, as an individual, sue the United States, you can advance a claim. I guess if you have the basis for it, or sue you or anybody. But you could don't. You, could you, don't you sue the? Is the human race one of the options? Can you sue no. the entire? No. <laughs> Not a but, person. But, but, what, but what if the human race has done me wrong? What if the human race has, I don't know, killed my dog? Can't I, can't I file a claim against the human race for doing that? No. No, Ed. I'm just not even going to entertain this other than, like, <laughs> you just can't. You just can't. If you've got a problem with the human race, I guess, you know, then you should probably talk to, like, a therapist or something. But if you have a claim for damages that you want to advance in civil court, it would be against an entity such as the United States. It could be the state of New York. It could be any number of companies could be any, any number of people, but this concept of the human race uh, isn't uh, a viable uh, how, party. How, in civil how small a group do you have to go to? Like the Native Americans were treated very badly by the European settlers when they came to America. If there is a leader of the Native American tribes, can they countersue against the American people, the American government? Is that possible? I don't want to get into that. That's a whole conversation about indigenous rights, but. If you're talking about a group of people who've been mistreated in the past, it's not like you could just sue a group of people that need a definable defendant. You can't counterclaim against the human race when you've been charged criminally. And that's what Matt Murdock did. And the question is, why would he do that? Because he's obviously not a moron. But that's a moronic thing to do. Like, and it, it, it's fun. It's, 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 like, you, you're not stupid, sir, but that was a stupid question. That's, that's right. And it's so why would he do it if He's not an idiot, so he knows that he shouldn't do this. And the only person that benefits from what he did is himself for the notoriety, because we're talking about it right now. Namor doesn't benefit from it because he's, first of all, he's 
paying Matt Murdock for this service. And it's a service that he can't really discharge, which is to represent him properly in a criminal dispute well, where he advances uh, uh, a claim they'll be dismissed right away. Unless Namor is just doing it for publicity as well. Sure, Matt Murdock's getting a ton of publicity from this, but so is Namor. I think everyone is talking about the fact that he believes that humanity owes him something. And I think that talk has happened. Clearly, the judge shot it down. There's no counterclaim happening, but we're still talking about it. Maybe that's what he wanted. As it relates to Murdoch, I think that he acted contrary to the duty that he owes as a lawyer because you're an officer of the court and you can't knowingly advance something that's fundamentally inconsistent with justice system. There is a time and a place to advance a claim, a personal claim. It's not a criminal court. And Murdoch knows that. So it's a complete waste of time and a complete waste of judicial resources. But, but, and he shouldn't but, have done Mike, it. Yeah, but it was one sentence he said in his court or, or that was shot down immediately. No, no, no. As far as time wasted, like, there was not that much time wasted. No, no. Ed, I know that he says he, he wanted to file that, but he had to actually file written papers. The other side being the state would have to respond to it to dismiss it and, and advance an argument. But what I'm saying is that Murdoch, if he truly wanted to discharge his duty, and he would have the same notoriety, to be honest, is he could have assisted Namor as a head of state, I suppose, to navigate the diplomatic world to advance grievances, I guess, between one state and the United States and perhaps advance at the United Nations, or consider how to advance a, a civil claim for damages with respect to, say, I don't know, the ocean or something, <laughs> and how the United States is interfering with it, with their homeland. There's things that can happen. Countries have disputes through different processes and treaties throughout the world around the world. You could advance these claims. But to do it in this way, it's abusive of the system of justice. And it's also just counterproductive, and it didn't really serve what apparently Namor is aims are. And I think as a lawyer, you have to do your best to serve the interests of your client, even as it's telling them, great idea, we can't do that. And here's why. Well, this is why that you're not his lawyer, Mike. If he, if he came to you, you'd be like, <laughs> no, go swim in an ocean, Namor. But Murdoch was like, hey, I'll take you for your word and we'll go and we'll actually do it, even though, to your point, it was a bad decision to do. But well, one of the things you touched on there that I think is worth exploring is Namor is a head of state. Are we allowed to charge the head of state with vandalism when they visit our country? Is that a thing? I have limited understanding of that, but I, the way I understand it is that if a head of state is here on official business, I think that they have some kind of protection against prosecution, right? Because otherwise there could be some mischief, I suppose, about visiting heads of state in yeah. foreign lands with different laws to what yeah, like it was, it was know, only wouldn't otherwise apply it to was, them. It was only last year when Craven, this international hunter, right. came to New York. Craven is not the head of state. He's just a foreign national. He came into our country and then proceeded to hunt a human being. <laughs> and we didn't charge him. We just deported him. So why was he deported, whereas Namor, who, while he did many bad things, didn't hunt a human? And uh, <laughs> say what you will about Namor. Say what you will about Namor. He didn't hunt a human. He didn't hunt a human one bit. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, he, just, he broke down some, some walls and stuff, caused some damage. Why does that go to court at all? Why is it happening? Does the U.S. even have the ability to do that? Are we allowed to? Do well, clearly we are because we did. But is that a thing? Yet another failing of Matt Murdock. I mean, <laughs> he should have had it dismissed. He should have had dismissed. Right off the bat. Yeah. I have a feeling, I have a feeling that Mr. Murdoch may run up against a complaint at the bar, if not by Namor, then perhaps by other participants in the justice system for just this complete dereliction of duty, I would say, <laughs> as a lawyer. Just outrageous. But ultimately, maybe he doesn't care. If he keeps his license, he's like, so what? He has like, everyone knows who he is. He can say he's got the Fantastic Four and now Namor as his clients. And there might be, there's probably an appeal to a lot of clients to having a famous superhero adjacent lawyer and 
maybe well, you, Murdoch is Mike, trying to get away from you, the criminal work to get into the civil work to, I, I, or the commercial work to make more money. I feel like we've been talking about this. It's come up again and again where you keep having this idea that we need to have like specialty, specialty people right. for the superhero space. Well, here, Matt Murdock has done that. And instead of specializing in insurance or criminal law or family law or whatever else you lawyers do, he said, I'm going to specialize in superhero law. And he's representing the Fantastic Four in, I don't know, real estate contracts. And he's representing Namor in criminal court. And he's like, I can do it all. As long as it's, like, as long as it's superhero adjacent, I can cover across <laughs> all the different legal verticals. Yeah, I think that I thought a bit more of a narrow specialty. I'd like, like I act for insurance companies, but it's not like civil and commercial disputes. But it's not like if they, say that one of the executives was charged with murder. They would hire me to do the murder trial. Like it's just like that's a specialty. That's like unique set of. So, uh, set so, so are you of saying specialized you could, area? You aren't a specialist in insurance murders. No, <laughs> <laughs> they need a murder lawyer. They don't need a. They need. They don't need like an insurance lawyer just because they work in that industry. So I think that I think Murdoch is being. I would I'd use the word irresponsible. I would use the word opportunistic. Sh- you'd use the word opp- opportunistic, <laughs> that's right. But I'd imagine that he could seek, I'm sure he could specialize in doing superpower criminal work. And maybe he could have a law, join a law firm where there'd be other people that work in that in that field. Or they service the superhero community, but a specialist does the real estate work for superpowered people well, a specialist I, does the damages I, claims for superpowered I, I, people. I think the problem Mike is that the insurance industry is a much bigger industry than the superhero industry there's mm-hmm. just there's there aren't like I don't know how many people work in insurance in America but I'll bet that number is much higher than the number of superheroes there are in America and so it feels like they need more legal support and so there may not be enough work out there for a, a lawyer that specializes in like superhero real estate or superhero insurance or superhero oh, accounts management. No, no, I get it. I think though, I guess what I'm trying to work out here for Murdoch <laughs> his problem is that I think what I'm seeing is that you could still be a, the go-to person for when, as a, if you're a superhero who's charged with a criminal matter, you could be the go-to person because you catered to that community. And that would lead to more regular business. Like when I started out, I did some work at a criminal law firm with a very famous and well-known criminal lawyer. And I, I, I wanted to be a criminal lawyer after that experience, but I definitely saw the business model where this lawyer serviced like very high-profile cases. He serviced that industry where like, people would go to him if they're rich and famous people, if they were charged with an offense. And he did that. He acted as their lawyer. But the bread and butter wasn't that work. The bread and butter was more the regular assaults and fist fights and whatever that criminal lawyers do. So by extension, I think that someone like Murdoch could service the superpower community to bring in the rest uh, of the work, just like a, so, a, a commercial lawyer could do the same thing, you know? Got it. So he goes and represents the superheroes in their fights and their battles and their disputes, becomes famous, and then spends his time representing normal criminals. That's right. And so that way it drives in the business. What I think the irresponsible part is that he's being too broad. I don't think that you can say you're a specialist for the superhero community, but I think you can say I'm a specialist in criminal law and I've acted for these superheroes. That's just the marketing thing that he's doing. Maybe we should take our show and expand it to talk about non-superhero stuff. We bring people in for the superheroes (laughs) and then we just talk about normal everyday things that are not as interesting, but you you already know and love us. So you stick around for the other stuff. Come for the heroes. Stick around for the um, meh <laughs> stuff. Other <laughs> stuff. stuff. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. For the full experience, check out whatifmarvelwasreal.com. You can find full transcripts, the story behind the comic, cover art, and more. <laughs>